Welcome to the Should Have Backed It podcast. The sun was shining in Melbourne for another ripping edition of the Blue Diamond. In what was becoming a regular sight in the great race, Friedman Colt Dormier was able to hold out a fast-finishing filly revolutionary miss to take out the two-year-old classic. To talk through all the weekend racing action from Caulfield and Randwick, I'm drawn by Australia's number one tipster and News Corp racing editor, Chris Venuccio. Welcome back to the podcast, Big V. Uh, what was your highlight on Saturday? Hello, Phil. Great to be back again for another podcast. I thought the highlight, no doubt, was Marabi in the Oakley Plate. Seven wins in a row, unbeaten. First group one. It was an outstanding win. Always looked a winner. A long way from home. Great performance. How about your highlight? Well, wait wait a second there, Big V. Now, that was your highlight. Why was it your highlight, mate? Did you have a fair bit on it? No, I did back in and made it my best for the day, but... I just think of all the performances at Caulfield. I, th- I thought Marabee was the, the story of the day. You know, gone from a maiden to a group one, seven starts, hasn't got beat. And in all those seven starts, has never looked like getting beaten as well. It's just a, an amazing, amazing performances by this mare. And be interesting to see now where she goes. The new mark is going to be a, a new challenge for her. That'll be her first time down the straight. So I don't think that she'll go to a new market. Maybe something like the William Reed or even Adelaide to the Robert Sangster to keep her winning streak going. So you think they'll uh, defer to keeping the winning streak alive, do you, Big V? Where do you think she'd sit against some of the premier sprinters like Nature Strip, Home Affairs and Eduardo? I don't think she'd beat horses like Nature Strip and Eduardo at the moment. So if they push on to a TJ Smith, I think that that's a different level. I think she's still got a few lengths to make up on those. So I just think, you know, finding the right race to try and keep that streak going. I mean, the streak's probably going to come to an end eventually because, you know, now she's got to be running in these group ones against, you know, the, the elite group one standard. The Oakley Plate wasn't. So I think it's about finding the right race for her now, and and it could be the William Reed, but that's yeah, wait for age. She has won at wait for age, but that was a, a Group Two race against, you know, Milers starting, uh, Milers resuming. The William Reed's going to be a different challenge. You know, twelve hundred wait for age. You know, it's just I'm not convinced that she she's a twelve hundred meter horse at the top level. She did win the Australia Stakes at 1,200, but at the moment she looks like a, a really good 1,100-metre uh, horse. And you mentioned that not many horses get close to it. One that has got the closest on a couple of occasions now is away game, which I thought was a, a meritorious run there second um, at decent odds as well. Do you think if the uh, track were played a little bit differently, mate, we might have seen a different result? No, I think the track was... Pretty fair. I think the best horse won. I um, no, I just think a lot was made of the track, but I I don't think that there was too much of a problem with the track compared to a couple of weeks ago at Caulfield. But I know that you were on you were on away game, and you would have got a pretty decent price to place, wouldn't you? Oh look, you got the price for the place the same as you got from Arabi to win, which I was also on by the way, mate. A little two bet strategy, but I must say that when a away game was coming late, I was cheering for it to get the job done. Unfortunately, not 
quite getting the job done the last few times away game. Hasn't had a win in a while. Yeah, I was on away game on the Gold Coast when she got beat by Isotope and I, I backed her on the strength of her run in the Christmas stakes behind Marabi. So, yeah, it's just she's, she's run well. I think maybe on the Gold Coast she might have been below, you know, slightly below what her best is and she's come back and run really well to Marabi and interestingly, you know, there was a six and a half kilo swing against Marabi and she's won by a similar margin. I think we've uh, done your highlight to bits there, Big V. I'll, I'll just let you know what my highlight was a little bit later in the podcast, but I wanted to stay at Caulfield. And, of course, the feature race was the two-year-old Blue Diamond, um, which I mentioned off the top was won by Dormier. We had Revolutionary Miss and Jack and O in behind it, and I reckon they both can count themselves a little bit unlucky. Yeah, I think it comes down to the position in running, and Dormier was you know, in front of those leading two. And, you know, in an... This was an average blue diamond, so I think he, uh, you know, the positioning running was really important. You now you got these, you know, average two-year-olds, the leaders, you know, they're going pretty quick because that's what two-year-olds do. So they weren't going to be able to sustain it, not this point of their career. So Dormier was in the right place. I mentioned the track before, you know, a couple of weeks ago at at Caulfield, where you had that really biased track where the rail was off. That was where Dormier and Jackano were. And I had Dormier in my quaddy. So I was expecting a, a big run from him, but I had Revolutionary Miss on top. And it looked like Jackano was going to go past her and, and Jackano looked to have peaked on his run and Revolutionary Miss just started getting going again, but just didn't have enough time to reel in Dormier. Yeah, and if you look at the ride, Mark Zara out of Barrier 5 just pops out into a beautiful position, does not have to move for the entire race, just brings it out at the right time. So really could not got a have got a sweeter run, um, the winner there. I was on, well, I wasn't on anything actually, Big V. You know, I don't like to really bet into two-year-old races, but I did have Revolutionary Miss as my on-top selection, I suppose, for want of a better word. And yeah, I thought she went pretty well and, you know, will be one to look look at moving forward as well. Yeah, I think in in a ordinary blue diamond field, I lean to revolutionary miss because you know, Stodens know how to get their horses peaking on grand final day. I had Lofty Strike as my number one selection, but he was scratched. You know, that's a separate side story there. But I did think Dormier at twenty dollars was over the odds. I mean, I thought he might start you know around that you know eleven twelve dollar mark. So. He's paid overs, but I think, um, yeah, that's because, you know, the market was targeting Revolutionary Miss and Jackano and Sebenak, the second, third and fourth horses. I might separate the fact this is a two-year-old race, mate, and the form's pretty hard to, to manage. When a horse has come out of a race where it was against the track bias, how much do you factor that in for their next start? Well, I think you've got to... Factor it in. You, you give some extra merit to the performances, but it's a double-edged sword because on the day when you back horses and they get disadvantaged by the track pattern, or if the track gets overwatered, you you do your money on the day. But then you got to work out well how much did it affect that horse? You know, was did that horse you know actually perform well, or you know was it affected by the by the track conditions? And Oxley Road is the other horse. I mean, Peter Moody was vocal about the track 
couple of weeks ago. And Oxley Road has come and finished third in the Oakley Plate. And I'm surprised that his his price also drifted as well. He was, I think he was $14. Looking at the official fluctuations, he was 14 out to $17 back into 13 But when the fields came out, he was around that $10, $11 mark. And I thought that was a pretty generous price at the time because it was a good run and he was going to perform a lot better second up. And I was actually hoping his price would come in a bit so Murabi might get out to that $3 mark, which never happened. And I thought, you know, Oxley Road was another horse that was over the odds and a good each-way bet. Well, I think maybe the reason for that is that even though you've suggested that you didn't think there was much of a bias out there, I think punters did and horses like Oxley Road that weren't going to be on on speed weren't favoured. But I must say it's probably one of the few that did defy the pattern on the day. Um, another one that did was um, Mawunga, I thought, in the Futurity, and that's actually a race that's got our Shoulda Backed It and your Shoulda Sacked It in it. So we'll start with the Shoulda Backed It's Big V, and Sierra Sue won that convincingly. Um, for me, I, I love backing Sierra Sue. You always get a good price. She loves Caulfield 1400, has won Group 1 level there before, and I'm just absolutely kicking myself I didn't get involved at sort of the double-figure price. You know, I left her out of my quaddy. It came down to Turath or Sierra Sue because I had the, the other three in the market on Thunderstruck, Tafani and Mwanga. So I wanted to, I didn't want to have five in. So I went I went the wrong way. I thought, you know, Turath missed that run and, you know, probably lost a bit of conditioning. And Whereas Sierra Sue ran just as well as on Thunderstruck, an inspirational girl, in the ore stakes. I know Inspirational Girl didn't run here, but her run was just as good as those two. And I'm, you know, kicking myself that I did leave her out. And I made the error of going with I'm Thunderstruck on top. Yeah, well, the reason I didn't back her was that I was on her in the previous start where she ran fourth behind Tafane. I just thought she was a bit plain late, and I thought a, a horse with a bit more of dynamic sprint, certainly first up, Mawunga, would be able to get the job done. And I do think he's a horse to follow moving through this prep. That was a really nice first-up effort. But I did want to just get back to I'm, I'm Thunderstruck there, Big V. So that's your should have sacked it for the week. Yeah, I think so, because his grand final is the All-Star Mile, and I'm still not sure what to make of his run. He lost momentum between the four and two. And, you know, that's you know, always a, it's always tough to get going again. So he, he was okay, but... Again, a little bit inconclusive. But where I went wrong is he's drawn barrier seven of eight. He's always going to get back in the field. And I don't think the, the race shape was going to suit him and also the tempo. So, yeah, I think I I made the error of going with him, you know, being in such a negative position. But going back to the, the track conditions, I don't think there was a bias on the day. If you go back to the earlier races... You know, a lot of it was tempo related. So if you got if you got slow tempo races, that's going to favour the on speed horses. And you know the first race, Finance Tycoon. He's a he's a pretty good horse, and he's performed up to his best. And he got a soft lead. Flying Mascot in the second race was a dollar eighty five favourite. Really slow tempo. You know odds on favourite wins. And the third race, a Gay Waterhouse horse. You know. A leader, fit leader, was favourite, eased out to second favouritism. So uh, you, you look at the first couple of races and, you know, they performed to their 
to the market expectation as well as to the tempo of the meeting. But that's digressing a little bit from the, the futurity. Well, it's a decent digress, though, Big V. And we've discussed before that, you know, in Australia, it's always, you know, the high, playing the percentages to back one of the on-pace runners anyway whether or not there is a bias or not. So I guess that's a, just a reminder as we head into this autumn carnival and some of the bigger races that will come that, you know, on speed runners and, you know, I'm thunderstruck, does find a way to get stuck and miss runs yes. and it, it often is the unlucky horse in a race, but yes. it does, doesn't help itself out in a lot of occasions. No, and I think I'm thunderstruck will be better at Flemington to a mile. So I think, yeah, you don't rule him out yet. But we'll see how, you know, Zaki comes back next week and, you know, who we're going to go for for the All-Star Mile. But I think Caulfield, you know, good tracks at Caulfield do favour on-speed horses. And that's because, you know, if you've got, if you've got a, a good quality front runner, you know, they can, they can keep on going. So, you know, that's what racing is about. The fastest horse should be winning. But Caulfield, good tracks, you know, does help those, those front runners that's just natural. And I, whereas yeah, a couple of weeks ago when you had the fence off, I think that is worse for punters because you're not expecting that. Whereas we should be expecting Caulfield good tracks. You know, we should be looking at, at our speed maps and going for those on-pace horses. No, that's a very good point, Big V. Now, I promised you I'd give you my highlight of the day. and it's The reason I waited was because it was up there at Randwick. Um, they did pretty well to get that meeting off the ground just quietly at looked like all likelihood that it wouldn't get off the ground with the amount of rain they had up there, but it was run, and I missed out on backing very elegant there in the Chipping Norton, so my should have sacked it for the week is actually Colette, um, which ended up almost starting favourite, but I, I've gone against my own rule after last year's Melbourne Cup, and I haven't backed very elegant. Yeah, I can understand why, because, you know, she's, she's won at a Melbourne Cup, and I know that she's won at 16 before, but... The ultimate target this preparation is the Queen Elizabeth and then the Ark. So it's understandable second up 1,600. You know, it is, she can run on a heavy track, but, you know, this was, you know, heavy 10 plus. You know, are they going to push her second up when she's got these really big targets coming later in the year? But just shows that, you know, what a superstar she is. Yeah, she's just amazing. And, yeah, I mean, uh, the price was no spoil, but really... Betting against her is at your own risk at the moment. I mean, the market was swayed, and there's certainly a lot of money came to Colette once we knew we had the bottomless track there. On first look, I thought disappointing run, but just on reflection, I think just got caught in that pocket and couldn't get out, lost all momentum, and probably a forgive run in the end. Yeah, it was surprising on a heavy track where in those in later in the day when it stopped raining, that you know the the horses were hugging the rail, whereas you know they tend to keep on moving away, get further and further out as the day goes on. But I suppose that's because we had that really heavy downpour earlier on in the day and the jockeys were from the start going down the middle of the track. So the rail could have been a bit fresher ground when the rain stopped and even when you go even wider on the track. So it, it did surprise me that, you know, that they did get in the pocket on a heavy track, but... I still think, despite Colette having a bit of bad luck, I I thought she was still a bit disappointing. Even watching the replays again, uh, you like to see them, you know, really savage the line, even when they get held up. And I don't think she really did that. And so 
you know, maybe got to watch her again. But I thought the horse to follow out of this race was top rank. I thought that was a, a really good performance from the, the Annabelle Nisham horse. Yeah, well, it certainly didn't finish too far from the winner there. And I think only its second Australian start from memory. Yeah. So uh, certainly a lot of scope for improvement and obviously go better as the distance go out goes out as well. So um, you've preempted the horses to follow segment there, Big V. Just uh, hold on to a couple more. But we might just finally uh, have a look at the other Group 1 on the day up there in Sydney, the, the Surround Stakes. And for the second time in a row, Espiona was beaten by one of its stable mates, Hinged. Yeah, the same thing happened again, and Espiona has burnt the punters again. <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be jumping off her. I mean, I think when she won at Flemington, I think we, we, we're in this game where sometimes we can over-exaggerate or we can be over the top. And I think maybe, you know, we were a bit over the top over her talent after winning, you know, you know just a you know, standard... Flemington race during Cup Week, but then now that she's been beaten at a dollar sixty and two dollar sixty favourite, now I think we're, you know, let's not be over the top that you know she's not that good. This was only her first fourth start, and she's finished third in a Group One. I think she's a good horse. You know, if you want to take these short prices on on these Spruik horses, that's the the risk you are taking. But she's she looks like she's still hanging out. You know, some people are arguing she might be a better Melbourne horse, but she's still, you know, learning how to do things. And Chris Waller knows how to get these, get the talent out of these fillies and mares. And, you know, I think we're going to see a really good horse. And, you know, if she doesn't win a good race this prep, you know, I think she'll be winning them in the spring. Yeah, well, let's move straight to our horses to follow then, Big V, because I definitely have Espiona as one of those. Uh, I think there were probably excuses first up and a lot more excuses second up. We saw her um, get really far back on a heavy 10. Didn't know how she was going to handle it. I thought she handled it okay. Had a nice sprint on her. I did think she was trying to lay out a bit and I, I, don't, I do subscribe a little bit to the view that she might be better going the Melbourne way. So I'll be more than happy to have a crack at her next time. Um, I stayed out this time, just wasn't sure about the track conditions, whether it was worth having a having a punt on her. But... Yeah, certainly one to follow, and and um, let's let's see her again in Melbourne. I'd say. Um, as far as I go, mate, the other horses to follow I had, I had Mwunga. We've discussed that already. I think that was a, a good good result from the back there at Caulfield for it, and just another one there at uh, Randwick Galaxy Bell in race nine. Uh, it got crunched. I think twenty ones into sort of six fifty and. Gee, it was a good thing beaten, mate. Could not find a run and, and flew home. Just just missed out at the end. So that'll be one to just keep an eye on if you see Galaxy Bell run around uh, up there in Sydney moving forward. But you've already mentioned one of your horses to follow, Big V, um, top ranked. Uh, are there any others that really stood out for you? Well, funny, funnily enough, I didn't have top ranked in my official list, but <laughs> as we were talking about the race, I, you know, the, the run was really good. But my horses to follow from the Angus Armanasco Caulfield Race 4, Argentia and Yearning. Argentia, understandably, flat second up. I had her on top. I think she's the best horse from the race, but I didn't want to take the short price because she'd been a, a long gap between her preps. I thought she'd maybe a bit flat second up two weeks between runs, so I think she'll rebound from that. Uh, Yearning... 
as well. If they were to meet against each other again, I'll stick with Argentia, but I think Union can probably get out to beyond the mile. And then from the... And I reckon from the Futurity, I reckon don't jump off to Farney. Again, like Argentia, probably flat second up. Big first up run, you know, entitled to run a bit flat next start. So I think like Argentia, she can rebound too. And I think Churath will be a lot fitter. I think if she stays at 1,400 against the Mares again, I, I thought she looked like she was, you know, cruising. I thought she was going to win at one stage. But I just think maybe that gap between those runs and the setback, she just lost a, bit of, lost a bit of fitness, but she's only been beaten two lengths. So I think Churath, if she stays at that 1,400-metre range. A good selection of horses there, Big V. I'm inclined to uh, agree with you on Tefane. Uh, just having followed her through her, her career, she often goes really well first up. She often then has a couple of not-so-good runs where um, she doesn't quite hit that same level, but then she can really hit a higher level later in her prep. So I'll be looking to find her between 8 to $10 in a race, and I'll be uh, very happy to get involved. But last week at $2.50, I was staying well away. Yeah, I agree there. And I think, I don't know if she can run out to 1600 I like to see her just find a 1,400-metre race, but... I think at this time of year, probably difficult. So, yeah, we'll see where she goes next. All right, mate. Well, we might just have a very quick look ahead to next week. We've only got, obviously, you know, it's a Monday, so we haven't got final fields at this point. But just wanted to touch on the two guineas. So we'll start off with the Australian guineas, which I think is a little bit tougher to, to uh, analyse there, Big V. But Profondo's a favourite there at 360 in my market. Hitotsu, $4. Pinstripe, who I know you were very uh, keen on last start at $6. And Captivant, who followed in behind Pinstripe at 7 But big V, early thoughts on the Australian Guineas. Yes, this is going to be a really difficult race, the Guineas and um, the, the Australian Guineas. And yeah, with Profondo coming down now, it's um, well not guaranteed yet, but um, they've paid the late entry. It's probably going to look likely that Profondo comes down now he's the $3.50 favourite. Hitotsu was the favourite. Now it's eased out. So these all-in markets are always very risky, not worth not worth getting involved. The one that, at the moment, I'm not interested in... I am not don't have a great deal of interest in the guineas, but I think if a horse like Converge comes down, if it is too wet up in Sydney, I'd be you know, keen to, to be on Converge, but... It just comes down to how wet it is in Sydney and and where they whether they whether some of these horses stay there or come down to Melbourne. Yeah, well, we we could see a bit of a, a rush of horses down to Melbourne for the Australian Guineas. Um, as you mentioned, the late entry fee um, has been paid up for Profondo. Um, we'll move over to the Randwick Guineas, mate. Now there, we've got a clear cut favourite down up there, of course, with Animo, and I don't think it'll mind the heavy track either. So. Got it at $1.70 now, and, um, yeah, not much there in the market that's really challenging it. No, I don't think they can beat Animo 1,600 third up. I thought that was a, a nice win by Animo last start, and I just think stepping up in distance, they won't they won't beat him. I mean, you've got Halal, Converge, they're good horses. I think the Sydney form is a lot better than the Melbourne three-year-old form, so... You know, if, if Halal Converge come down to Melbourne, I think they win the Australian Guineas. So that's why I'm keen to see where Converge 
Converge goes. And if not, you know, Profondo might be good enough just to win the Australian Guineas first up because I don't think that Melbourne form is, you know, has rated high enough to to beat these Sydney horses. You'll have to remind me, Big V, I don't think it has, but Profondo, has that gone around the Melbourne way before? I'll have to I'll have a quick look. Off the top of my head, no, I don't think so, but I'll just have a, a quick look now. I mean, Flemington's usually a track that um, horses can handle. If it was around Caulfield or Mooney Valley, I might have some concerns. But, yeah, it's just always interesting when these yeah. younger horses come and, and they, they do travel in the opposite direction. Um, yeah. We've seen Espiona recently, um, how they do perform. Yeah, no, it hasn't run three starts all in Sydney. But I, I, I don't try and worry about that too much. I think that's a that's an element of punting where it's just... They, are, they they do or they don't. I think with these really good horses, you you probably take it that they can handle changing directions. But I just there's so many other factors that you've got to weigh up when you're punting, and I try not to worry about that too much. And Big V, I assume you'll be out there on course on Saturday. Oh, maybe, maybe not. I'll um, I've been enjoying working from home. I, I think it's a even on race day. Yeah, it's it's a good setup because um. You know, because I do finish late, so I don't want to be stuck at the track until 7pm, 8pm. But, you know, I might head there in a couple of weeks' time for the All-Star Mile. So, yeah, I think um, I might I might come out later on. But that's Golden Slipper Day where you've got five group ones up in Sydney. So that's going to be... I don't get to enjoy the day too much, even when I'm out, out of the track. Oh, well, I know for a fact that you enjoyed Marabi winning the Oakley Plate on the weekend, Big V. So... You do get your thrills uh, in amongst all the work you have to do. But, look, that's all we've got time for for this week's episode of the Should Have Backed It podcast. Um, as always, check out our podcast and other tidbits and information on the at Should Have Backed It Twitter handle. Any last words, Big V? Any any advice for our punters as we really get into the uh, the pointy end of all the main stuff for the Autumn Carnival? Yeah, you've put me on the on the spot yeah, there. Yeah, mate, well, that's, that's where you do your best work. The, the advice is, you know... There's a lot of good horses coming out. You don't have to bet in the group ones just because they're the big races. Just, you know, the key is you just got to find a winner and it could be any race. It doesn't have to be the group ones. You, know, you just target, you know, the races where you just think that a horse is just better than the rest. Doesn't even have to be at the Metro track, Big V, as we know well. But thanks, Big V. Great to chat and uh, thanks to all our listeners. And as always, good luck on the punt.